Welcome, everybody, to Acefield Retro. I'm here reviewing Dynamite with Nick the Comic Nerd. And what's going on, man? How are you? Not bad. Good night. Good night of wrestling. Uh, very excited to talk about everything that happened and predict the future with you. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. How about you? Uh, I mean, can't complain. Dynamite was awesome as usual. And uh, let's just get right into it, man, because the show, as promised, Tony Khan opened up with a surprise. And usually, aside from the Christian announcement all those many months ago, he doesn't disappoint when he says he has a surprise. And we'll get into what the surprise is and what it means and the ramifications. He did hype it up, acting like he was going to be changing the business as we know it. And I, I truly think it is game changing. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Tony Khan opened up in the ring. Uh, I was curious to see if Tony Khan was going to come out to some music or like maybe like the Dynamite music or something, but he was yeah. already in the ring when Dynamite opened with Tony Schiavone to start the show. Uh, Tony Khan was hyped up. He does that yelling voice when he's excited. Uh, and he was just talking about how the fans helped him, helped uh, AEW survive the pandemic and it continued to uh, help them grow in a really challenging time for all businesses, especially one that is a uh, very uh, lack performance based. Uh, so he said almost three years ago, AW started, but over a decade before that, another new company innovated. And today, Tony Khan became the new owner of Ring of Honor. And this sort of was going down the pipeline a bit. I think people were discussing this as a possibility weeks ago. Uh, I know that the streaming service, uh, rumor was out there i know that uh potentially some other things were out there maybe it was a cody Rhodes uh, type of swerve but what's your initial reactions of this ring of honor announcement and i know you'd i know i would say i don't want to speak for you you haven't really watched a lot of ring of honor but what does this mean for you as a fan of just AEW? so this was so cool to hear first of all it sucked because i was at work and nobody was talking, and all of a sudden Tony started to make the announcements, and then everybody decided to talk. So that sucked. But for me, somebody who has never watched Ring of Honor, um, I feel like this is so huge for so many reasons. And I'm going to start by saying I think if Ring of Honor either ends up on TV or if it doesn't end up back on TV and it ends up on a streaming service or if it ends up online, it is something I'm a 1,000% going to check out as an AEW fan. I think the biggest thing this is going to do, and I know we don't like to talk about it, this is going to hurt uh, WWE so bad. Wow. Because if Ring of Honor does well and WrestleMania sucks, I think you lose so many people who are on the fence about both. And I think everybody's going to come to the Ring of Honor AEW side. And it's something I'm so looking forward to. Um, just the match tonight. The guy that uh, Danielson fought, is a Ring of Honor guy, right? Yeah, I mean, he's an AEW original, too. First ever tag team champions in AEW, Chris Daniels. So uh, we'll get into that match in a sec. But I do agree with what you're saying. It is a big deal. Uh, they essentially purchased the rights and copyrights to the tape library. So for those that don't know, obviously, wrestling history has run through Ring of Honor. Anyone you want to go through, AJ Styles, Brian Danielson, uh, Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, Christopher Daniels. Uh, Adam Cole, the list of stars that have been in AEW, I mean, at Ring of Honor in one point or another is enormous. So just the fact that you can purchase that, especially, and you mentioned the streaming service, there's eyes towards potentially having a streaming service of some sort. And it's hard when you have a lack of content. Like we talked about how AEW has been around for three years. They have at this point, 12 pay-per-views, maybe 13, if you include all in. So there isn't that plethora of content that someone will be purchasing. So similar to WWE when 
NBC purchased the WWE package for Peacock, they were getting 35 plus years of weekly television, plus the pay-per-views, plus the, the elaborate WCW, ECW, NWA, mid-class wrestling, all those things were under the umbrella. Now, if someone is trying to purchase AEW as far as putting them on a streaming service, now you could potentially have Ring of Honor, the 20 plus years of history, and go down the list and be able to access these old Samoa Joe matches, old CM Punk matches, old Brian Danielson, and still have it tied with the current product because a lot of those guys are still here. Right. And then Ring of Honor is going to be run by Tony Khan, allegedly. We have that Super Card of Honor happening WrestleMania weekend. So that's been announced regardless of Tony Khan's announcement doing that. So in Dallas, they're going to be having that show. And they've had the matches announced. And this is supposed to be the rebrand and the rebirth of Ring of Honor in a different light. Uh, so complete with a new logo and all that. But I am very curious where they go from here. So do they replace one of the darker elevation shows and put Ring of Honor on the YouTube show? Do they try their best to just put Ring of Honor on uh, the television show on Dynamite, use some of the the branding and all that, similar to what WWE did back in the day with the invasion? Uh, but the other thing it does, it alleviates the bloated roster. You have an opportunity to, all right, you're not using someone like Keith Lee. Keith Lee can go over to the Ring of Honor side and get his work in and compete for their titles and be involved in programs. And ultimately, it creates competition within itself, similar to Raw and SmackDown. So I, I feel really good about it. And I, and I think it's something that I think it lived up to the hype. People were expecting the other thing that was potentially rumored was that Supercard show, potentially with AEW and New Japan. That would be cool. I still think that's probably in the pipeline. There's got to be the relationship with New Japan is there. Obviously, we see the J Japanese stars coming over and we see AEW guys going to Japan when they're able. So that relationship's there. I would not uh, rule that out at all. Uh, but this is truly game changing. I think this will have ramifications and it takes AEW to the next level. As far as WWE goes, uh, I'm not sure if it like, I don't know. I don't think it scares them or will. It just gives people another option. And Ring of Honor going out of business a few months ago, uh, that was terrible. It was like the end of an era. And I'm glad that Tony Khan is going to going to keep it going. And hopefully he keeps it going in the same spirit where uh, that it was because it was truly game changing. And I'm happy it's still going to exist in good hands. Yeah, I think a big thing. I look at Tony Khan and like the guy is like a real life superhero. He's like a he's like a Nick Fury, Fury leading the Avengers. The dude just like he loves what he does. He loves wrestling. He loves soccer, and he puts all this time and all of his money into the fans. Like he's not looking at it and saying, "I'm gonna do all of this for wrestling." He's doing it for us, and I think that's the key thing because he himself is a fan. He comes out there and he gets himself so rattled up and so excited. He can't yeah. even talk. He jumps ahead of himself. Yeah. He's one of those people who, when he's excited, he repeats himself a lot, which is like great to see as a wrestling fan. Right. So like you said, too, I think this is going to help with the bloated roster. At first, I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. Are all these guys going to come to AEW? But I do think it will either replace one of those YouTube shows or maybe they'll do like a few of the Ring of Honor guys each night, just leaving them in and then go into their own thing separately. But because I don't want to see them all come right into the AEW show, but something that one of our friends talked about was I want to see something where, like, maybe the two brands, like, fight. You know, kind of like, hey, have Raw versus SmackDown. I think that'd be pretty cool and, you know, line up all these guys. So I think that's a great story to be told eventually, and it, I think that's going to be something down the line as well. But I yeah. think this is amazing. I'm super looking forward to it. As somebody who's never watched Ring of Honor, I already want to go back and watch Ring of Honor. Like, it's Yeah, their YouTube really channel has a lot of good matches left out there that like, you could watch – 
speaking of the dog collar match back in ring of honor raven versus cm punk in the dog collar match which was innovative and awesome all the way back and i think it was 2003 so there's been a lot that went on in ring of honor and the history of wrestling like i said runs through it uh the interesting thing is right now ring of honor does not have a roster they released everybody on their roster uh when they went out of business so they were going to operate as an independent contractor as just a promotion that would pull guys in when they're in the local territory I'm wondering if Tony Khan's going to keep that same mindset or is he going to sign guys strictly for Ring of Honor or is he going to use it as a holding place for his AEW roster? It should be interesting how he runs it. I would love him to get William Regal in to run uh, Ring of Honor. And like Tony Khan could be the owner, but he has a lot on his plate with AEW Dynamite, Rampage, the pay-per-views. So bringing someone in, in that's competent with storylines and able to sort of have a good wrestling mind. And a reputation, bring William Regal in and let him run Ring of Honor and Tony Khan oversees it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, but speaking of Ring of Honor, this was a cool little tie-in. Uh, Tony Khan introduced Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels. This was Christopher Daniels' first time back on AEW in quite some time. I think since like Kenny Omega took him out, uh, probably back in early 2021. I'd have to look it up. But uh, this was a really good match, Brian Danielson defeated Christopher Daniels, um, two ring of honor legends. These guys wrestled all the way back in the day. Christopher Daniels, a former ring of honor champion, Brian Danielson, also a former ring of honor champion. Um, and the great part about this in Tony Khan taps into the history of wrestling and he knows what's important to fans that, you know, and he taps into that, that pipeline of people that care about these things. So, just for the history's sake, these two wrestled in a three-way on the very first Ring of Honor show in history. Um, and it was the third man, Loki, who won the match. So just really cool that like he took the time to like I'm gonna I'm gonna call Christopher Daniels back and get him on the show. We have Brian Danielson here and paying homage to Ring of Honor and its legacy. Uh just it's off to a good start. Uh so both men performed chain wrestling to start the match. Danielson trapped Daniel uh Daniels' arms in a unique pinning predicament for two. Then Daniels came back with a baseball slide and a rebound moonsault to the floor. Um, moving to the end of the match. In the corner, Daniels went for another uh, submission, but Danielson stopped it. Danielson won for the top rope Frankensteiner, but Danielson shrugged him off. And Daniels turned a dive into a Uranagi, but Danielson countered the best moonsault ever into the triangle sleeper for the ref stoppage. So this is a uh, second week in a row that Danielson used the triangle choke as his finisher. He did not let go again. Uh, so after the match... Uh, he did note that it used to be tradition. The, the honor of ring of honor was to shake hands before and after matches. So he went to go shake the down Christopher Daniels hand. And then he proceeded to say, I'm not in ring of honor. I'm in AW," and then stomped Chris Daniels head in, which was a nice heel move of Chris, uh, for Brian Danielson. Uh, a lot of Daniels, uh, in this match is kind of a tongue twister, but, um, he made sure to say at revolution, I will stomp moxley's head in so before we talk about when moxley came out what do you think of this match great match brutal match first time watching christopher daniels and i was like this guy is great um i obviously think that this is a big step for her sticking around we're gonna see a lot of him i think again um through aew and ring of honor with whatever they choose to do um because i feel like he's somebody who can perform on either roster it looks like he, like you said ring of honor doesn't have a roster but you know, if that's your starting piece, I think that's a great starting piece. Love the turn by Danielson. Brutal, but I think perfect for evolution. And I don't think we've ever seen Moxley have anything like that done to him. So if Danielson gets a hold of him, it'd be pretty sick to see him cave a, 
Moxley's heading. Yeah, so nice little tidbit of Christopher Daniels. He's been around for quite some time. So long, in fact, that back in the day, 1999, the WWF had a storyline uh, with the higher power where the Ministry of Darkness was a faction led by The Undertaker. And he was just like the most evil form of The Undertaker as a heel. And he had this heel faction where he'd take guys and he would like sacrifice them and they return to these evil characters. Really cool time in wrestling. But there was this rumor where they were saying uh, Undertaker answers to a higher power. The higher power famously or infamously wound up being Vince McMahon and everyone hated it. But the original plan for that was supposed to be Chris Daniels. Really? So, yeah. So he's been around for quite some time. He's been in WWE uh, doing stuff as far as behind the scenes, working as enhancement talent. Uh, he eventually crafted his, um, I guess, his name in Impact or TNA and then Ring of Honor, of course. So uh, he's, a, he's a legend. And I think he has a lot to give to the business still. I'm happy to see he's back in AEW, and I'm glad that he's not done in the ring. So uh, so let's get to the the after-the-match segment. So we had Moxley's music hit, and he came out. He said Danielson is better than ever. He could either get his head kicked in on Sunday or fade into oblivion, or he could walk to the path of fire with uh, through Danielson and beat the American Dragon. He said the story of John Moxley is just starting, and the first chapter will be written in blood. And he demanded, demanded Danielson take a shot. Danielson took the coward way out, acted like he was going to punch Moxley, and then he uh, rolled out of the ring. So very cool segment here to open the show. Well, first match and then opening match open the show. This is well done. It makes me really want to watch this Moxley-Danielson match even more. This Revolution card is stacked, but this might be my match I'm looking forward to most. So Really? Okay. Yeah. And we will get to the predictions. Uh, this will be the first time ever. So stay stay to the end with us, guys. So Nick and I will be making predictions for the Stack Revolution card and crowning next week the first ever AEW Predictions champion. So I will figure out a way to get uh, the graphic above me or Nick, whoever wins, and we will defend the title uh, every time there is a pay-per-view. So the next segment here, we had Darby Allen and Sting backstage. Uh, Sting said there'll be repercussions for anyone who try to get involved in the upcoming triple threat match on Rampage, uh, which is Darby, Andrade, and Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Uh, and just hyping the match on Rampage. So, uh, you know, nothing going on here. But yeah, we, saw Sting, we saw Sting later in the, in the night, so it wasn't like uh, he was done for the night, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, so this was a very good battle roll. I thought it was much better than last week, uh, simply because it was paced better. It seemed like there were more uh, teams in it. I don't know. I liked it so much better. Uh, so Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, last eliminated the returning Darius Martin to win the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. So they will go on to face uh, the team of Jurassic Express and also Red Dragon at Revolution in a triple threat tag team championship match that is sure to... I mean, potentially steal the show. It could be a, a ridiculous match. Uh, a lot of went on during this battle royal. Darius Martin made his return, which was awesome. We haven't seen him in quite some time. He's been injured. Uh, so Dante, it just it was eye opening because Dante Martin has improved so much since uh, his partner in Top Flight has disappeared. And I'm hoping them as a team could take the next next jump now that Dante Martin's gotten all this exposure as a singles wrestler. Uh, so. During this match, teams entered at a 90-second interval, which is similar to the Royal Rumble. Uh, and both members, like last week, had to be eliminated. So the first two entrants were FTR and Top Flight, like I mentioned, the returning Darius Martin. Uh, and then Top Flight took, took FTR down early with some acrobatics. We had the Acclaim come out. 
the promo by or the rap by Max Caster is awesome. Mentioning Glenn Jacobs, fantastic uh, about the uh, the uh, Kane tweet that he he sent out about Ukraine. So not going to get into that stuff, but uh, Glenn Jacobs not the most popular guy in social media nowadays. We also had the team of Allen Angels and Ten coming out. We had Butcher and Blade. Uh, Varsity Blondes, we have Bear Country, uh, Santana and Ortiz. We had uh, what other teams were out there? Um, then uh, finally, the Bucks came out, and then we also had Best Friends. So 2.0 was the final team. I will get to the end. The final three teams: FTR, Top Flight, and the Young Bucks. So clearly, we knew it was going to come down to FTR and the Young Bucks. In the beginning of this match, I completely predicted that the Bucks would. Uh, I, I thought they were going to win this match because it's it paired in storyline. Yep. But a piece of me, FTR, as I'm wearing a Buck shirt right now, uh, FTR is my favorite team in AEW and all of wrestling. And I, I just want more for them. And the fact that they're potentially not going to be in the Revolution card left me saddened because it's such a stacked card. And they, I know that they could participate in some match and make it great. Uh, but the Bucks wound up getting the win here uh, with the help of Red Dragon. So... After the match, the Buck, uh, the Bucks and Red Dragon celebrated, and Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage appeared on the ramp. So, initial thoughts on the Battle Royal, Nick, and potentially what that match is going to be like at Revolution. So, for starters, this was the first time I saw Darius um, Martin fight, and I thought he was electric. So, I thought that was really cool for the top flight team. Um, I also did predict the Bucks to win. I didn't know which one would be the last one standing, but... Towards the end there, they had me going, and I was like, oh, there's both on the ropes, on the outside of the rope, first one to go down is over, plus um, the manager for the, or the guy who comes out with the face mask. I can never remember his name. Who's that? For the, With the Bucks, the dude who wears the mask. He sprays them all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, why can't I remember his name either? Uh, the Stooge. Uh, uh, hold on. So Sorry. No, no. I, I don't know why I can't think of it right now. Um, anyways, he caught one of them and then it ended up turning into an elimination anyways. And I was like, all right, but then I got nervous because I want to see the bucks, you know, I want to see them get in there with, um, red dragon. I hate that by the way. I think that's so bad. I mean, that's the name on ring of honor. So it's not like a, yeah, see, all right. See that. See, that's something like, I feel like I would respect more if I'd watched my yeah. big problem is that Daniel Bryan is the American dragon. So I got it. Yeah. There's a lot of dragons going on. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so, Brandon but, um, Cutler, by the way. Yes. Cutler. Okay. Um, I don't know why I slipped out of my brain too. I mean, it was bizarre. It yeah. Just disappeared. Yeah. Um, but it was a great match. I thought it was much better than last week's as well. I have to agree. Um, I think a few of the guys underperformed compared to last week, but again, I feel like it was almost expected. So, but overall, very good match. So what were your thoughts on the whole breakup with Santana and Ortiz uh, out of inner circle for them just to lose this match? It just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like not their time. And, like when you were saying how like their uh, FTR should be in Evolution, I was like, God, throw FTR against Santana and Ortiz. Like, give them like you know maybe put Santana and Ortiz over to show Jericho like, hey, we're better than you now or something like that. Like I don't know. I know that whole feud is kind of over now, but um, yeah, I was kind of confused by it too, especially because like now what are you gonna do? You're gonna have you know best friends or the acclaimed go up against Santana and Ortiz. Like what are they doing? So yeah, they're just like right back where they were in inner circle and. We saw an interesting segment next following this match. We had Jericho backstage. He cut his promo, which was awful, by the way. He tried to bring back the GFY thing, 
like go fuck yourself. Not a huge thing. Not a huge fan of this. He's trying to so hard to get it over. It's not working for me. Uh, but Santana and Ortiz walked up to him and they fist pumped Jericho. And Jericho said, are we good? And Santana Ortiz just like sort of nodded and walked away. So potentially inner circles back together. And now we have Santana Ortiz back to where they were. So what was the point of everything that just happened anyway? So not really uh, the best type of storytelling here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought Santana Ortiz, when this first happened and they broke up, I think that we should be having, we should have been having, um, we should have been having uh, Santana Ortiz going in and winning the tag titles. I thought that was what they were destined for. That's what I thought too. I mean, I think they're looking so good overall and everything. And I think they're a big part of the inner circle breaking up. And, you know, I really wanted to see them do more. I don't think I ever predicted them to win either of these Royales. Um, But I still have hope, you know, I haven't given up on them. I don't think you're going to see them like lose anything. I don't think this put them under anything. Um, But I think it's also because we predicted this kind of the way it came out. So, um, it's, yeah, I you think know, everyone, the byproduct was just of the main story is the Bucks Red Dragon and everyone's just a part of it. And it is the main story that's being told. It's just sort of everyone's the byproduct of it. And it's sort of unfortunate that there's a lot of talented tag teams in AEW and not everyone can be involved in the title picture. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. So, and you know what it made me think of even more? What's that? That six man title, dude. Well, Sean Sapp did say something about it today. I did put it on my story on Instagram. And he had a quote from Tony Khan, and I will read it because it is obviously a big staple of the show is trying to get the six-man title (laughs) to exist. Please go back and check out my – back in January, I had a whole thing in defense of the six-man championship in AEW. So Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful Select said, Tony Khan tells me that when Kenny Omega comes back, they're more likely to do a trios title. He thinks that helps bolster the division with Kenny Omega back in the fold. It certainly seems like trios titles are coming to AEW in the future. So love it. Good news, everybody. Um, I just I think be- we need. I believe it when I see it, though. I agree, but I think we need more ta- more team championships. Like, I don't want to see like two, one or two more. You're like you're not going to get a female one done, the women's. But I do want. I think there's no reason to do. I was thinking about it tonight. There's no reason to do another tag team championship, but there is a reason to do a six man. Yeah, so make sure if you guys are not, maybe if you're on the fence, go back and watch the video I did uh, in defense of the six-man championship. I take a deep dive into the history of the six-man championships, and I also talk about Ring of Honor's six-man championship and how it can benefit the roster. And AEW's tag division is absolutely stacked, as we saw in these battle royals, that there's so many teams that are are great and they deserve to be spotlighted. So, And there's a lot of three-man teams. I mean, we looked at the – we're going to talk about House of Black in a little bit, but that three-man team is absolutely made for the six man championship. Give me undisputed era versus house of black on a pay-per-view. That's I need to see that. Yeah. And not, not to mention the elite too, versus the undisputed era in a big match for the six man championships. There's so much potential with it. Agreed. And don't forget too, ring of honor. If, if Tony Khan's bringing back all the championships, the six man championship does exist in ring of honor. So I didn't know that. So maybe we'll tie that together. I can feel it, man. Full circle. So let's uh, go go to the highlight of the show. So we have the CM Punk bloodbath and the MJF hug. So this was a ridiculous segment. And ridiculous in a good way. As you can see the background with MJF and Punk. It was that good that I had to go back and change the logo of the show. Because I think this is what 
The go-home show for Revolution 2022 will be remembered for the bloodbath that Punk uh, endured at the hands of MJF. So some people are heralding this as one of the best promo segments in modern wrestling history. Not sure if I'll go that far. We'll see how it ages. It's recency bias, and we can sit here and talk about how great MJF is on the mic. But I think as time goes on, time will be very kind to this segment because of how well it was done. Um, I think the best part about it was I wasn't sure where they were going. And I was like, they might potentially go into this match where MJF is this sympathetic character. Like he's still a, he's still a bad guy, yep. but he has pieces of him that makes him human. So maybe that was going to, this, this segment would have played out during the match. I thought that possibly was going to happen where this would be the weakness in CM Punk's armor where he would let his guard down and then MJF would attack and get the win. We saw a completely different side of MJF than we've seen in quite some time. Uh, we've seen him be brutal before. This is probably the most brutal we've seen him on television. Uh, and the best part was they both showed up wearing white. So, yeah. I mean, the the blade job by, by CM Punk, to me, great. And some highlights of this promo, uh, Punk came out and he said he woke up this morning and asked himself, is he the bad guy? He's reconsidering the fact that maybe he started this villain origin story by not shaking MJF's hand and not understanding where he came from. Um, he said that he thought MJF speaking up took courage and he can't shake up feeling like he was being gaslit. Uh, Punk has a young photo with Steve Austin that he brought up, which I did find. Uh, so I'll put that on my Instagram so you guys can see it. So very similar to the picture of Punk and MJF. There's a picture of a young Punk and a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's, crazy how parallel it really is because when punk was a fan of wrestling stone cold did walk out in 2002 and left the business for a year and punk compared that as saying maybe i should have felt the same way mjf did but i didn't um and then he brought up all the bad things mjf said in the past like dean malenko and insulting brian pillman's dad darby allen's uncle uh, and he says it's not my fault that mjf is this way MJF came out, and the nice part about this was there was no music. It just made this moment feel so much realer uh, or more real. I guess that's more grammatically, grammatically correct. Uh, so he said, Punk used to be that guy referencing past angles involved with the Paul Bearer's urn and Jeff Hardy's addiction. But this is about the kid at home who looks up to MJF, and he looked up to Punk. Um, when he asked himself, are you the good guy, he had an answer. And he said, I'm sure I'm trying, and then put his hand out. For the handshake with, with MJF, and instead of going for the handshake, he went for the hug. Very emotional moment. I thought maybe like, all right, we, we have something here. And then we got the low blow and then an absolute beatdown. Beat him down so badly. They took the camera off of him after he hit him in the face with the ring. Clearly, he was going to be blading. And goddamn did CM Punk blade for a TV show, not just the pay-per-view. I have a feeling he's just going to reopen that cut at, at Revolution because we're – that match is going to have a lot of blood. He's going to reopen it in his sleep, bro. <laughs> wow. And then also the quote from, from MJF, you stupid, stupid old man. I'm a snake. So MJF dude is in, to me, he, he defies logic. How good he is at such a young age and he gets it. Yeah. There are so many things I think we need to take from this. Um, for starters, M I missed the beginning of it. MJF came out second tonight, correct? Say that again? MJF came out second, correct? 
Yes, Punk came out first, cut a promo, and yeah. So the music yeah. thing, first of all, Punk came out last week to no music. Yep. Which huge. So MJF coming out to new music, you just think like this is so real. Like MJF loved this guy and like he broke his heart, and this is how it's going down. The the whole hug thing had me thinking like, oh, next week, like, are they going to get out there on Sunday? I mean, not next week. And are they going to kind of just stand face to face and do nothing? And you were kind of saying, is Punk going to turn heel and MJF is going to turn face? And I was like, this, this could do, this might be that because Punk might have to decide, like, I need to win this. And MJF, like, maybe doesn't fight back at Evolution. And then we had the low blow, like you said. And I was like, oh, this is going to be dirty at Revolu- at uh, Evolution. And it's going to be so, so, so good. Yeah. The, the fact that it reminded me of the, the Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho WrestleMania 19 moment. I'm not sure if you've seen that. They had that great match. And similar story where Jericho looked up to Shawn Michaels as a kid. The whole storyline was based on, I looked up to you, now I'm going to beat you. And they hugged it and shook hands after the match. And then Jericho low blowed him. And it's one of the best moments in wrestling history for me because it's like it cemented Jericho as that ultimate heel and one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. And I'm hoping that MJF and Punk uh, delivers that revolution for sure. I think they will, for sure. Uh, so before we move on to the next match, we had a Keith Lee segment backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, he was interrupted by Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs again. Uh, so they're just building up the ladder match. Uh, seems like we have a built-in feud with Hobbs and Keith Lee, which sure, certainly would be interesting, those two big guys going at it. Duel of the Giants. All right, the next match we have, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez defeated Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter with Rebel. So this match was very good. We are looking, I guess at this point, Thunder Rosa might just be taking the title off Britt Baker. Now I'm not so sure because she, and this is like wrestling superstition when a, when a person gets the pin over someone and looks stands stands tall the, the go-home show, they are not going to win at the pay-per-view. I guess that's WWE logic and WWE uh, makes me feel that way. But AW, it's its own brand of uh, of things that they like to do, so... All this time, we thought Thunder Rosa was going to be the one to take the title off Britt. At least I did. I've been saying it for months and months that the only person that could beat Britt would be Thunder Rosa. And this is the time to pull the trigger. But there's something missing, like I said last week, from this feud. It doesn't feel as big a deal as I thought it would feel. And I'm not sure exactly what's missing from it. I'd like the contract signing at Rampage. I feel like Thunder Rosa is a very talented wrestler. Uh, but something is missing from their interactions that was just there last March when they had that bloodbath of a match with the thumbtacks and the lights out stuff. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that this match delivers at Revolution because of the fact that they have a lot to live up to, and this could be a game-changing moment for the AEW women's division. i just been sort of underwhelmed with the build so far. I'm not sure. Am I off base with that? No, not at all. I think the hard thing is that we really haven't seen a lot of Thunder Rosa and we've seen a decent amount of Brit and it's just weird that like tonight you had them tag team and you know, you have Thunder Rosa win and now, you know, is she really going to beat her twice? Because in the end, like in the ring, it seemed like it was really just Thunder Rosa and Brit for a decent portion of this match. Um, You know, they all split it, but overall I think, I don't know. I'll get more into the prediction segment, I think. Yeah, th- this is going to be a tough match to predict. I'm probably going to go with my gut, but I will 
I'll let it mull for a bit before we get to there because there's a lot on the line. We got the AEW Prediction Championship on the line that will be crowned following Revolution. I'll be sure to be texting you about it. Uh, so after the match, Martinez took out Hater and Rebel, and then Rosa hit the Fire Thunder Driver. That uh, Obviously, that's the end of the match. I'm sorry. Uh, so after the match, they both went their separate ways, and Thunder Rosa stood tall. So we are left wondering, can Thunder Rosa do it less than a week apart? And we shall see. Yeah, it was cool seeing Jamie Hader back on TV. Shout out Jamie. Just it was very cool. Her. Yeah, I think she is she is definitely going to be the next person up. I think event we have to see her split from Brit. Uh, but similar to the Wardlow thing, it's just simmering in the background. With but I dude, I'm so excited for when it happens. For both, yeah. Uh so Ty Conti was interviewed backstage about her upcoming TBS championship match against Jade Cargill. Uh, and then Jade showed up and just belittled her. Jade's a monster. There's no reason she should lose the title. Enough said. Like, Jade is, I mean, Jade is a rocket to her back. She's going towards that, the, eventually the women's championship. I think she potentially could be the biggest star in the women's division, second to Britt Baker. They, they have something with her. And she improves every week. Where do you stand on her right now? Are you feeling better about where Jade is? Every week I feel better and better. Um, is she fighting Friday? Uh, I... I will get to the Rampage card. I think she is not. So, oh, because she's fighting at Revolution, right? Revolution, she is, yeah. She's wrestling Ty Conti for the yep, TBS okay. Championship, cool. yeah. Dude, fighting champion. You know, I love it. I say Every week she's out there and doing her thing. All right. So then we also had a Chris Statlander, Layla Hurst hype video. I guess it was good for what it was. It's, it's building towards a mid-card women's feud. I guess that's something there that they're giving some time to it. Uh, we have definitely not had enough mid-card women's stuff. It's just been top-heavy with the, the championship matches, but there's definitely been missing a lot of mid-card women's stuff, and there's a lot of women on that roster that could be doing something similar to the tag teams. I think they just need something to do. The TBS yeah. title helps, though. So Absolutely. It gives them something to fight for, dude. Absolutely. So we also have Wardlow defeating Cesar Bononi in a squash match, so... This is an absolute squash match, as we know. Same deal with Wardlow and Sean Spears, but this time was a little bit different because he did not allow Sean Spears to hit Cesar with the chairs after him hitting the Powerbomb Symphony. Uh, he hit three of them, just for the record, if you keep in count at home. <laughs> um, so just keep in mind about Spears being stopped because there was something else that happened later in the show uh, that we need to pay attention to. But first... Let's talk about one of the best highlights of the show, as always, is the House of Black uh, video package, which I was kind of bummed they weren't on the show, but it was cool to see them together. And Buddy Murphy just completes the package. I know I've been talking about well, Buddy Matthews. I've been talking about wanting Miro to be a third guy. But, for, I mean, the history with Malachi and Buddy, it's already written there. I think it's great. Uh, they are all amazing together, and they're must-see TV. So. Uh, I can't wait to see what goes on with them in the future. And I know that they should be involved in that eventual trio championship. Agreed. So must see TV. I love the Penta stuff. I love the pack stuff. So I, I, I want to continue to see where it goes. Uh, it's just amazing. But like I mentioned too, we had MJF slapping Wardlow in this segment following the, uh, I guess him telling Spears to stop and relenting. And MJF shows up in the back with blood on his shirt, his hand with Punk's blood all over him, and an absolute psychopath. 
Uh, MJF and Wardlow and Sean Spears are backstage. MJF said he'd let Wardlow keep the TNT championship if he wins it, uh, but it's not like he'll win it anyway. Wardlow protested, so MJF straight up slapped him and threatened to fire him, putting his family out on the street. So, dude, if it doesn't happen at Revolution, when is this happening? I know. I I don't think it's at Revolution, man. I hate to say it. I don't believe it's going to happen on Sunday. You know how I feel? I've been saying it weeks and weeks and weeks that I think they should wait even longer. But you can't keep having Wardlow take this stuff from MJF without him looking like a little bit of a punk here. Well, I think the big thing is that the whole stopping Sean Spears thing to me, showing some individuality, which I think was necessary. So I think that's one big thing. So I think like, all right, give Sean Spears out of the way. MJF just got more in the way. So I think I think we're right around the corner, man. I think we're like right on the cusp. Let this stuff with Punk end and then take it from there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we have to let the Punk stuff end first, but maybe Wardlow gets involved in this Punk match. Yeah, you never know. I mean, between the collars and everything, like you, I, I don't know. We ne- we never know what to expect at these events, dude. Yeah, and uh, I mean, predictions are gonna be so hard, but we'll get there in a second. I just think Wardlow has to play a part here. He will be involved in that ladder match, so maybe he's already tied up. But I can't see him not being involved. He's already so so involved in the storytelling because that match with Punk was a huge piece of the MJF and Punk feud. So yeah. I think he has to be involved to complete the story, but we shall see. So moving on to the main event, we have Adam Cole and Red Dragon, which is the team of O'Reilly and Fish, defeating Hangman Page and Dark Order. Uh, and this was a great six-man tag team match, and the champion and challenger started things off uh, for their respective sides. So we had Cole and Hangman giving a little preview of what's going to happen at Revolution, and they put on a show. They were exchanging offense. A lot of reversals. They're going to put on a great match at Revolution. Uh, I think, personally, Adam Cole doesn't feel like he's... I don't know. I'll get to that when I talk about predictions, but Adam Cole definitely doesn't feel at the same level as Hangman Page. I know that's probably blasphemous to say, but... And they've been building Cole up, and I know he's only lost once to Orange Cassidy in a non-sanctioned match, but I think that really did some damage to the momentum I had in my mind for Adam Cole, because why would he lose Orange Cassidy, who's in the middle of the card, I guess, at this point, and then he goes immediately to challenge for the world title. I know that losing to Orange Cassidy sort of started this growth towards this like more edgy character, but I think the loss took a little bit away, and I I can't picture him winning at Revolution. I really can't. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine right now. Um... Even after tonight, it's kind of another thing standing over the champion. I was kind of like, oh, boy. But maybe yeah. we're wrong about that stuff. Uh, so going to the the end of this match, I want to just talk about the spots. So Cole and Red Dragon were isolating John Silver in their corner. Uh, Hangman finally got the hot tag and ran completely wild on everyone before hitting a pop-up powerbomb on Kyle O'Reilly for a two-count. Uh, Adam Cole got a tag and faced off with Paige, and they traded strikes in the center of the ring, and then their partners did the same. There was a parade of big moves with Cole hitting uh, a Uranagi on Silver and Page leveling Cole with a Lariat. Alex Reynolds tagged in but ran into a super kick before the boom and gave Cole the win. So sort of an anticlimactic win, but a really good match yeah. all told. After the match, the heels beat down Reynolds and Page fought off everyone. He set up for the buckshot on Cole, but Fish kicked out Page's ankle and beat him down. Red Dragon then duct taped Page to the top rope. Uh, and then force him to watch as they hit Silver with the high-low, and then Reynolds with the Panama Sunrise. Cole super kicked Page and whacked him with the belt to close the show. 
So Adam Cole stood tall. We now have to mull the predictions about what we think will happen. Overall, let's go before we move into like what the Rampage card will be like and the Revolution card is. For you, what was the high point of the show and the low point, and then your complete thoughts on how they did building up for the pay-per-view on Sunday? My high point is MJF and CM Punk. Might be an easy one, but that's 100% mine. I think the whole turn of events and literally keeping us guessing like what is happening is my high point. What was yours? High point has to be the MJF and the CM Punk segment, but also Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor because I think those are two huge things we will remember for March 2022. Uh, an ab- absolute pivotal moment in wrestling history, and people want to discount it, but they shouldn't. This is just another thing that Tony Khan can put in his hat uh, for the good things he's done for the wrestling business because for all you want to say, if you don't like AEW, you don't like the, the production they put out, you don't like the matches, you're not huge on the style of wrestling, they are giving wrestlers a place to go. And your favorite wrestler who doesn't have an opportunity to work in WWE, uh, maybe they have another opportunity to work in AEW, and they're creating competition. And through competition creates better products. So WWE eventually is going to wake up one day and feel like they have to put on a better show. I mean, we're seeing a little bit of it, bits and pieces here. They're challenging themselves. We're looking at what they're doing at WrestleMania. They'll say all day that they're just trying to sell out uh, Cowboy Stadium and they're just challenging themselves. But there's got to be a reason they're trying to get Stone Cold to come out of retirement. They want Vince McMahon to wrestle. They're trying to get The Rock next year. They're feeling challenged. And I think they were stagnant for so long. And the reason that why they feel so uh, challenged to get better is because of AEW, whether they admit it or not. Yeah. No, I agree. It's become, like you said, you know, it's it's dirty water at this point, and it's hard to keep up with the freshy. So, low point of the show. It's a pretty good show. I mean, it was like my low point is cheap. You know, it's it's t- the the Jade Cargill take Conti uh, interview. It just you know compared to everything else, it just did nothing for me. All right, I'm gonna go with an unorthodox one. I'm gonna get FTR being done dirty. I think FTR should have won the fair. battle royal. I just don't like the way they're being booked, and that might just be because they're one of my favorite teams in the history of wrestling. I just, I don't know. I, I just think that they deserve better. So that's my low point is the fact that they didn't win the battle royal. Like All right, before we get to the predictions of the Revolution card, uh, we have the Rampage on Friday. That's already being taped right now as we speak. Uh, we have the TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo. We have Keith Lee wrestling in an enhancement match against unknown local talent. Serena Deeb's five-minute challenge. And then we have the face of the Revolution qualifier, Christian Cage versus Ethan Page. I think this will be for the final spot in the ladder match. So I ask you, Nick, are you watching Rampage on Friday? So for those listening on audio, he gave a resounding thumbs down. The last Rampage uh, before Revolution, yeah. and he's not watching. I mean, it just, the card does nothing for me. Like, that last spot I don't think matters, and I, think if you have, I don't see Christian Cage winning. I think Ethan Page is going to take him down. Um, the Serena Deeb thing is five minutes I don't need. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, it just, I'll, I'll, you know, I, you know, I always watch it'll be background noise for me while I'm like cleaning or something, but um, yeah, this one just isn't for me, you know, and it's been a long time since I gave a thumb to, thumbs down for Rampage. All right, I mean, 
I'm going to check it out. If not, I watch it on demand. It's an hour. It's a quick thing. If you yeah. watch it the next day, it winds up being like 40 minutes. So right. uh, I will watch it for sure. But again, Rampage at this point has become secondary viewing. It's unfortunately becoming WCW Thunder where it's taped. And you know nothing's really important important going to happen because you're it's not live. And you if you if something was going to happen that was important, you would have seen it already, right? right. Because it would have been on the news somewhere. All right. Are we ready to get into the Revolution card? I guess. This is going to be hard. This is hard. All right. So I'll read you the matches, and then we'll do the predictions after. So I, let's, okay. let's just go through the matches quick so you have in your brain. Uh, so we're going to even do the buy-in matches because I think that will be the tiebreakers. So we have the buy-in, which is Chris Statlander versus Layla Hirsch. We have Hook versus QT Marshall. And then on the main card, we have the dog collar match with CM Punk and MJF. We have Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. We have the tornado tag match, Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy, Andrade El Idolo, and Isaiah Cassidy. We also have the AEW Women's Championship, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Thunder Rosa. We have the Face of the Revolution ladder match, Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy versus Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian or Ethan Page. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. The TBS Championship, Jade Cargo versus Ty Conti. We have the AEW World Tag Team Champions uh, Championships on the line. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. And in the main event, for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, we have Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. What a car, dude. This is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> this is I just a I just before we even night. talk about dude, before we even talk about predictions, has there been a stacked card like this in no. AEW history? Am I just like is this recency bias for me? But no, is, or is this a, just a ridiculous card? A heavy, heavy card. And I don't think they're gonna cut short any of these matches. I think you're gonna get full length matches out of everybody. I think this is this is a lot. Y'all better sleep real good Saturday night because Sunday is going to be wild. And I do like that doing Sunday. I mean, I, I, for Saturday, it was a little tough. I mean, selfishly, uh, Saturday is sort of fun for like, because you have the night, you have the day off the next day. Uh, but Sunday feels like a big deal. And it feels like this show is r- rivaling WrestleMania. Right. Uh, so they're going to go out there and put on a good show. I think so, too. So for the predictions, though. Uh, I'm going to type in the chat. Uh, do you have access to the chat here on StreamYard? Yeah. All right, so I want you to type your predictions into the chat. As oh, we no, so I we... can't type it in. Okay, I will type them in just so we have them written down somewhere. Okay. Yeah, so I we have will, we will score. Oh, perfect. But I'm going to still put them in here just so I can I can access them. Uh, let's see if we get some music going. Is there some? I don't want my microphone to not work, though, But because last time we put music on. Let's see. Let's put some music on. This is intense. I only have like three definite picks, to be honest. Can you hear me still? Oh, yeah. All right. We are finally doing the predictions, guys. So every time we do a pay-per-view, we will go and the title will be defended. So the person that is holding the AW Predictions Championship will be able to defend it at their will. There might be guests that come into these shows and have a chance to win them. But for right now, Nick and I are facing off for the vacant championship. So let's start with the first match. We have the buy-in, Chris Statlander versus Layla Hurst. Nick, gut reaction, who do you got here? Statlander. 
I don't know why. I don't have a good reason. I'm just going Statlander. <laughs> Their I'm matchups going, have been really good. I am going Chris Statlander as well. So right now we have the same same pick. All right. We also have Hook versus QT Mark. So, I mean, this is a pretty layup, right? So we got Hook for both. All right. We have the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. I'm saying Punk takes this one. All right, we're going to write you down in there. Background music is so great. I love this. I should have busted out my keyboard and played us a little something. Yeah, exactly. Who are you saying? I am going MJF. Okay. So there. we have our first discrepancy that will decide who will be the champion. At least we will determine who's going to, unless there's a non-finish here. We got Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Keep I'm going to go Danielson. I am also going Danielson as okay. well. Okay. I'm looking. I think that'll be the match of the night. I'm just saying it now. Yeah. We have the tornado tag match: Sting, Darby, and Sammy versus Matt Hardy and Andrade El Idolo and Isaiah Cassidy. I'm being a jerk because I don't like Matt Hardy. But Andrade in that mix, man, makes it so, so, so interesting. I'll go, I'll go Hardy, um, Isaiah Cassidy, and, and the Andrade. I'm going Team Sting. I don't think Sting and Darby are losing on pay-per-view. That's that. That's why I didn't want to do, but I want to have another different pick, and I feel confident. We have the AEW Women's World Championship: Doctor Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Who you picking? D M D, baby. I'm sticking with my pick since the beginning of time that Thunder Rosa was taking the title off of Britt Baker. I gotta say, Thunder Rosa is taking the title off her. I mean, I wouldn't be a man of my word if I was just going back on it now. I've been saying since the beginning of time that Thunder Rosa is going to take the title of Britt Baker, and I believe it's happened at Revolution. All right, we have the face of the Revolution ladder match, Nick. Who are you taking? Keith Lee, Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, or Christian Cager, or Ethan Page? If you want to wait, if you want to wait to do this match until we have the Rampage thing, if you think Christian, no, okay, all right, just making sure. Wardlow. <laughs> Are you taking your boy Keith Lee? I am going Keith Lee. Awesome. All right. That's a we great have a pick. lot of different picks right now. I know. That's a great pick. All right. The reason I'm going Keith Lee is because I don't think you can have him in his second match ever and lose. You can make Wardlow lose because of the MJF stuff. Like maybe Sean Spears costs. There is like stuff built in where Wardlow could lose. I don't think Keith Lee could lose. That's a ladder match. No one's being off pinned. The MJF stuff. All right. We got Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Who are you taking? No, you go first. This is how it goes. My my pick is cemented in my brain. I'm not... <laughs> you are not influencing my picks at all, I promise you. I don't know. <laughs> um, I love Eddie, dude, but I kind of feel like Jericho is going to shut him up. I'll take Jericho. I'm going Eddie Kingston. If Eddie Kingston loses on pay-per-view to Chris Jericho, I'm going to be so angry. 
Me, me too, but I think this is the match that just lost me our championship, so I think you're good to go. And we have the TBS championship, Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti. Jade. Yeah, I think we are both in lockstep with that. All right, we got the two, we got two challenging ones right now. We got the AW World Tag Team Championship, Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon. Who you got in the tag title match? Young Bucks, baby. You have them win the titles. Wow. I because because I'll tell you in a second after the next pick I'll tell you I'm picking Red Dragon here. Okay. We are so far no, apart. You're not taking Jurassic Express either. I'm not. I think Shit. they're losing titles. Dude, we're awesome. This is awesome. We're wild. All right, we have the World Heavyweight Championship between Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. Your pick is cemented in your head. Yes, I am taking Hangman Page to retain. I don't think Adam Cole is winning. I'm just looking over. <laughs> you have some notes to review? Well, kind of, because early when the show started, I literally, I'll show you what I wrote. I wrote, nope, not that guy, Drew. I wrote Bucks, Baker, Cole, all win. <laughs> uh, all right, dude, stick with I'll it take, then. I'll take Cole. Yeah, I'll go Cole. And like I said, I'm going Hangman Adam Page to win. If you go back to the turnbuckle debate, I predicted that MDF will be the next AEW World Heavyweight Championship champion. And I still believe that is going to be the case. So yeah. I think Hangman beats Adam Cole, but it wouldn't shock me. And I think the best part about this card right now is that we are at a spot where none of these finishes feel like they could be uh, both. There's it could go both ways. Aside from the Jade match, yeah, Jade and uh, Hook. I mean, my big thing. So here's my big thing with the Cole thing. I do think MJF is next. So for me, it's hard because it's like, oh, are you going to give it? Is Cole going to win and then his next challenger be MJF? Because you can't wait much longer on MJF. Like, I think it's time. That's my big thing is I don't want to take Cole and then see him lose. Like, is he going to be the shortest retained AEW champion? Like, could be possible. But I think I think MJF comes next for Hangman realistically. But like I said, I like I will take Cole out of confidence. So there are a lot different picks here so we may know early who is the first ever aw predictions champion and i certainly would like to do this for wrestlemania as well maybe there's two different oh, champions yeah. champions that you and i could do there's a lot of wrestlemania matches and if you guys did watch the raw down which i was a guest star on for uh with turnbuckle tavern uh last night aired live uh I was making a case that I should be entered into the WrestleMania Raw Down Championship predictions. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Commissioner Sneed Tony will allow me to get in there and make my picks and be able to come in and steal the champion uh, championship and be in, in the crowd. So that'd be amazing. Uh, but yeah, go back and watch that guy's Turnbuckle Tavern. I was on the Raw Down last night discussing everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, talking a little bit about Cesaro being uh, let go of his contract and uh, Stone Cold coming back, Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon, all that chaos that's going to be happening uh, tomorrow. If you guys forgot, Pat McAfee is going to be having Vince McMahon on his show, I think, 1 o'clock or something. So that's going to be something to watch. Uh, so a lot going on in the wrestling world, Nick. It'll be an exciting two months. Like I'm looking forward to WrestleMania um, for a lot of reasons, and – you know, I'm not looking forward to two days of WrestleMania, but I'm looking forward to it. But I'm more looking forward to Revolution. And yeah. they're going to set the bar super high. And I think once we get done with Revolution, we're going to know where the bar is. 
And I think the best way to look at AEW and WWE is to look at them separately. They're two different types of products. Yeah. So people that want to compare and talk about ratings and, and get angry on Twitter with each other, you're looking at it all wrong. Just enjoy the good stuff that you do enjoy. And if you don't enjoy WWE or you don't enjoy AEW, just don't watch it. Right. Or just pick pieces that you like about each product. There's yeah. stuff in AEW I don't like. You guys hear me on here all the time talking about things I don't like. Right. But there's a lot of stuff on WWE I don't like as well. There are some things I do like. They are sometimes small. But if you go back and watch the rundown, I thought I was pretty fair on WWE for someone who's like highly critical of the product. I did talk about the good stuff because there is some good in the product. All right, Nick, anything you'd like to hype up on the channel before uh, we say goodbye to everybody? No, I got a busy weekend, so honestly, I don't know if I'm doing any new videos this week. I didn't do a Monday. I didn't have a Tuesday prepared. Um, new comic book day was today. I did not get out to it. Um, but, you know, other than that, looking forward to being here on Sunday, dude. Absolutely. We will break down all the picks. Make sure you guys hop in here. We're going to try to get on here at some point. I'm in the middle of moving, so... Uh, there is a lot going on. I'm going to be trying. You will see a different background. This is probably the last time you will see me with this background. It will look much different, uh, but I will hopefully be on live on Sunday with Nick after Revolution at some point, whether it be you know, right after the show or maybe an hour after the show, but there will be content available uh, at latest the next morning. So make sure you guys check it out. We definitely are going to be chomping at the bit to talk about the show. Uh, we got to hop on here soon and do a watch along. Especially yep. with WrestleMania season, maybe you and I can get on here and uh, make some plans. But I've been super busy, as you are as well. Uh, I've been hopping all over the place doing Turnbuckle Tavern stuff. I've been you know, on their channel and just doing some good stuff here. And, uh, and I appreciate everyone supporting the channel. And having the opportunity for to be on those things uh, is always uh, something I am grateful for. So other things coming up on my end, I do have a – I'm going to pull it up here quick. I have a – Bell to Bell sessions coming up with Rob Love from RCW. That will be happening, I believe, sometime in March. So, a couple of weeks. So, pulling it up now. Yes, March 15th, I will be having Rob Love of RCW coming on here for Bell to Bell interview sessions. I also have some other guests being booked for later on, but he's the next one that's, you know, coming close. So, make sure you guys check that out. Uh, if you have not seen any Bell to Bell interview sessions, go back and check out the Jack Tomlinson video I did, the interview I did with him, and also with Phil Cardigan. Uh, go back and check out that six-man video I was talking about. Like and subscribe. It goes a really long way, guys. Uh, and if you are audio only, check me out on Spotify. Leave a review, five stars. It goes a very long way in helping um, get the content out there. But I do appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Uh, that is Nick the Comic Guard. He will certainly be back on Sunday with me. We're going to have so much revolution to talk about. Um, I appreciate you guys hopping on here with me. I've been Acefield Retro. That's Nick the Comic Nerd. And we'll see you next time, guys. Got to get the music to, to lead us out, Nick. Love it. <laughs> I, we, should, we should prepare walkout music for the winner on Sunday. Don't threaten me with it this time. See you guys later. Yeah.